a writer, I'm an actor and I'm from JNU and I like the fact that it slightly terrifies people. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ayushi. I'm a teacher, dancer and I love making Instagram reels. You've made one Instagram reel. Yeah, Pankuri, I love how encouraging you are. Wonderful. We have a special guest today discussing feminism and whether it's still relevant. And later we talk about UP's new Abadi bill. Welcome to Zindagi as we know it season 2. This is not a gyan show but a variety podcast where we talk to super interesting people about super interesting topics. We also talk about relevant news topics that we feel we must share. So, here here we go! Fully Random! So, when we started conceptualizing this uh, segment, I thought that feminism is really big and how are we ever going to talk about feminism? And uh, so, and I thought maybe we should break it down in different, you know, different aspects of feminism. But we have done that, some sort of that, like in, in season one. So, I wanted to sort of take it head on and actually talk about the whole thing. You know, just because because it is talked about in such generalized yeah, yeah. terms, I wanted to talk about feminism generally. Like, mm. what do we understand by it? And to do that, we have with us, like, a very dear friend of mine from my JNU days. Uh, we have Dr. Paridi Gupta with us, freshly minted PhD, by the way. Uh, and uh, she's a PhD scholar from uh, Center for Women's Studies, JNU. And she's going to be telling us a little bit about feminism and what we make of it, what is made of it generally in like common understanding and wh- how we understand it. Uh, so hi, hi, hi. Paridi. Welcome. Hi, hi, thank you for inviting me. It's so great to be here and to talk about this. So thanks, thanks. I'm super excited to like just start talking about it and discuss with you what feminism means, what it, what we think of it and probably uh, counter some of the myths we know about it and that uh, people generally talk about it so yeah exactly and speaking of myths can we just start at the you know the the most basic of them all and that uh, I think is now being talked about more and more because a lot of celebrities and I want to say in particular women celebrities are now saying that I am not a feminist I'm an equalist because I want equality I don't want feminism so what do you make of that uh, we have to realize that most of the people who are making these statements that uh, we are not feminists, we're equalists, they are already at a place, at a good place in their lives, financially uh, and in all aspects of their lives. So uh, they feel like they've achieved uh, equality. But maybe it's not just about one individual, it's about an entire society and the differences that exist in the society, that persist in the society. So you might feel like you've reached equality, but the rest of the women within your society, say particularly within the Indian context and in the largest uh, global context as well, they do not feel like they've received, uh, they've uh, gotten equality. So I think we cannot make a blanket statement from our experiences, first of all, that just because I am in a good place right now, I don't need feminism. doesn't mean that nobody else does. And uh, yeah. And secondly, just another point I would like to make that it also sort of erases the long fight of feminism because of which you are now saying that you are equal. The fact that you can now say that you are equal and that you now have uh, rights equal to other genders within the society is because of the long fight that people before you have fought. So I think just casually dismissing feminism uh, also dismisses where you are right now. That's that's interesting because uh, another... And let's just take all of these allegations one by one, right? Like another uh, thing is that people also say that feminism 
is not an Indian concept, that it has come from the West. And something that goes along with that, like along with this chain of thought is that people say that Indian culture, and again, like a very generalized, I don't even know what that means, but like Indian culture already has room for, you know, respecting women and that all of our goddesses are there and we respect them. Um, I mean, to me, that sounds like, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think of feminism as a Western concept. What do you What do you think about that? Uh, so yeah, I would definitely agree with you in saying that feminism is definitely not a Western concept. I think uh, the problem is also that where do we start? Uh, where do we see? Uh, what do we see as the beginning of say feminism? If we yeah, exactly, locate yeah. the beginning of feminism in the suffrage movement in America, then of course you're going to think that uh, it is a Western concept. But when you think of uh, feminism in your Indian context, and say uh, as late as the independence movement and the thing uh, and the fight for the independence movement, uh, you recognize that it is a very Indian thing that women here were raising their voice against patriarchy and against gender-based discrimination that they were facing within their country, within their very specific Indian context, and raising their voice against it. So. The fact that it was there much before uh, all of your global transference, yeah, global knowledge happened, like it spread to India, mm. is a proof that it is not simply something that is transported from the West and that it happened in India quite organically, that women uh, raised their voices, joined the uh, anti-colonial movement, and even within that spoke against gender discrimination. I agree, Paridi. In fact, uh... It's unfortunate that we are not getting educated about this. I mean, for, I was, uh, my first encounter with, uh, you know, Savitribai Phule, who was a very, very pioneering, uh, I feel, uh, you know, a uh, lady who brought education to uh, the women. So mm-hmm. I, I feel it came at a much later stage in my life, you know, when I was almost, I started working with a community. And I think it's very late that I got to know about their contribution. So it's it's exactly true we don't know enough to you know have an opinion about what is feminism or what is it's if it's indian or not and where, where is it coming from mm. and in fact what you're saying about patriarchy i feel uh, it is so i mean if you want to break it down patriarchy is in our everyday lives and i want to just um, you know like for, for me patriarchy is my mother waking up you know before my father and doing the household chores it's 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 so so inside us that it's you know it's hard to recognize it it's so much part of our system that it's very difficult to differentiate that this is what it is it's- i mean let's let's talk about patriarchy for our listeners because i also feel like as soon as you say anti like we are anti patriarchy or this particular policy or bill or movement is anti patriarchy i think people also immediately assume that you are anti-men mm. and since you are anti-patriarchy you are advocating for some sort of this sort of Amazonian <laughs> utopia right where women will take over <laughs> yeah so but that's not what patriarchy that, that's not the understanding of patriarchy that we are functioning with like patriarchy is very much a system that sort of uh, incentivizes men actually Pariti could you explain that a little bit better like what is what do you understand by patriarchy uh, so I think like it's very important to understand patriarchy outside of this uh, man-hating understanding uh, 
uh, and I think this confusion yeah. arises because of a very Oxford dictionary or like I think Wikipedia reading of it when you see that patriarchy is simply understood as the rule of men so every time you say anti-patriarchal hmm. uh, people hmm. understand it as anti-men whereas it is actually anti-ruling like we focus on the wrong part hmm. of that definition when we say uh, when we uh, understand patriarchy as anti-men we are it's not about being anti-men but it is anti being rule of a certain gender over others so quite simply it means that mm-hmm. and uh, what ayushi pointed out it is so intrinsic you notice it uh, working in such nuanced and subtle ways the fact that when there are guests at your home and they're sitting at a table who is the one serving or the fact that your mother has to wake right. up early or that that your mother has to always cook if not always the majority of the time if you do not have external help so and of course nobody saying that these are blanket living styles nobody saying that every woman in india or every woman in the globe has to do this uh, it is why actresses can make statements that we are equal but a large part of women are doing that so i think we need to be careful about uh, using these terms and focusing on the right parts of the definitions so i think that would be my, quite my i mean reductive understand no i wouldn't say reductive but a brief understanding of what patriarchy is Yeah. it's being against a certain rule of a cert- of a one particular gender over other genders that's how i would understand it there is also i mean i like that you guys started with the nuances usually people start with the general stuff and go towards the nuances but i like that you guys started with the nuances but also in very uh, i also find it difficult to understand why people uh, don't see like the direct ramifications of uh, patriarchy right like the really big ones like something as basic as crimes against yeah. women right uh, like the rape, like and people will bluntly say that uh, delhi is an unsafe city for women and then talk about equalism and th- humanism and things like that i mean for me like there, there is more than enough evidence that patriarchy exists and for that you need like a yeah so for me i think feminism would be like acknowledging that uh, patriarchy exists and we need to do something about it and i i think that is something very specific that only a femin only feminism could do and not like something as generic as equalism or humanism like i completely agree with that because uh, e- as you said equalism is so generic it doesn't pinpoint where the problem is when you're saying that yeah it doesn't acknowledge discrimination exactly, right exactly when you're saying that all people are yeah. equal uh by what characteristics are they equal or like that all people need to be made equal or need to be equal on what terms do they need to be equal what are the inequalities that already exist and that is why you will have specific ideologies like feminism that address the specificities of discrimination the pinpointings of where mm-hmm. inequality is so it's so necessary to bring feminism into the foray because uh i mean sec- uh, sexual violence just violence uh, domestic violence different forms of violence i mean they exist in such a large frequency against women and against uh, non binary non cis bodies that i don't know where yeah. uh, i mean it's difficult for me to see people saying that we do not need feminism or that patriarchy doesn't exist doesn't exist anymore yeah or it or the worst one that says that it doesn't exist in the cities shayad gaon mein abhi bhi ho raha hoga lekin sheher mein to nahi ho raha i love that one i just want to come back to the nuances because while you dis- you guys are discussing i'm just you know i'm thinking about how difficult it is to put you know pockets in a 
In jeans. In jeans. Oh, you know, like these, as simple as that. You know, like the whole idea of having a purse. The whole, uh, you know, you have to carry another element, <laughs> another accessory, which is again, you know, uh, monetized by this whole system that, you know, if it's if it's what brand that purse is or how comfortable that is. Dude, we don't need purse. We just exactly. need pockets, you know. Oh so it's, it's so much part of the system. Like if everybody wakes up, I think it's going to be like a big change in our life. It has become so much part of us that it's just hard to realize, you know, that this is how it is. Uh, like maybe we could go back to something that you touched on right in the beginning uh, that people who talk about equalism probably don't understand or acknowledge the things that feminism has already won for us um, and how uh, like the privilege and I'm not saying this privilege is equally divided but the privilege that say a certain set of women now have like that was fought for right mm -hmm. like that women actually actively fought for uh, had movements uh, over years over decades and then those rights or those privileges were even given to us precisely uh Say we were talking, uh, Ayushi mentioned about Sa uh, Savitri Bai Phule. So Savitri yeah. Bai Phule, along yeah. with Fatima Sheikh, started the first school for women in 1848. I mean, mm -hmm. it is then that women entered the education system. Before that, it was limited mm -hmm. to upper caste men. The fact that you now have language yeah. to speak is precisely because women fought for it. The fact that your voice is heard when you're saying that we are equal, that we do not need feminism, is because women fought for you. Women fought for you to even say that. So it is it is so yeah. wrong to say that we do not need it because you might have reached there, but others are still within their journey to reach that equality. Each law, right? Like each law that is kind of pro-women, like the anti, like the workplace anti-sexual harassment law, or uh, like the Justice Verma committee report, which was not even implemented fully, but we have some version of it because of which like anti-rape laws are slightly better now. <clears throat> all of them were fought for, like all of them have a his rich history of women's movements behind them that I think people just forget. And I, I think that's a general tendency also in terms of understanding law, that law just exists, but people sort of forget the history behind them. Something that I, I wanted to bring up, it's kind of uh, personal. But I really want to know your response to it. Is that that many times and because of, you know, because I'm also from women's studies and because I very openly will say, like, I don't even like mince my words. I will say I'm anti-patriarchy, I'm feminist. Like, it's very out there. Um, so oftentimes, but, you know, people make allegations. Like, you know, if you're in a party and you're dancing to Sheila Ki Jawani. <laughs> And then somebody will be like, <laughs> but you said you were a feminist. How can you dance to a song like this? And and there, there's a series of this. Nah? But you said you were a feminist. How can you still do this? And you said you were a feminist. How can you make, you know, how can you take the help of your boyfriend to do this particular thing? Or, you know, there's several of these. So I have one response to this. What, how would you respond to it? Okay. Uh, so I'm just thinking that... Um... I think feminism works quite like the allegations or accusations against feminism work on the same lines as accusations against women where they are always supposed to respond to an ideal that is built by men. They are always supposed to conform <laughs> right. to values that are decided by men. So for instance, uh, people coming up to you and saying you're a feminist and how can you do this? Feminism is also very nuanced. No? Even when we discuss a singular definition, 
but the moment you start reading more about it you understand that it means a lot of thing it is and one of the key things about feminism is that it values uh choices it values uh decisions that you right. know about that you've read about informed decisions it values that it prioritizes that mm-hmm. so while we can like talk about from a cinematic perspectives how there are certain th- songs which are sexist how item numbers are problematic there is another stand of feminism that will say that uh, they are they are liberatory and uh, they prior, uh, they bring to centers uh, center women's sexuality and uh, discuss it in mm-hmm. the open there is that side of it well so you can be a feminist and enjoy sheila ki jawani and at the same time critique <laughs> it as well in certain uh, moments i mean ye one or the other wala concept mujhe thoda samajh nahi aata things can coexist it's a huge world and multiple contradictory thoughts sometimes they can coexist i think i really like yeah. what you said about uh, ideals being set by men and it's so ironic that feminist the, I, the the feminist ideal is also being set by men it's like what like <laughs> yeah, what yeah, the yeah. hell um my response is obviously not this nuanced because it will usually happen in a party in, in on the dance floor right when somebody is making this i will not get into i i just say that i am work in progress so is the whole world so i just like i'm not at that ideal and and also like where are the feminist party songs there you bring me them yeah, bring why, me the songs and i'll i'll dance to those why is bacha not creating more you know feminist songs why is only creating <laughs> No, like Pankhri, you said about work in progress. I have something to say here, a personal experience that when I first encountered something about gender and fe- being feminist, I you know, uh, there was a time that I thought that okay, ab me kabi bhi galia nahi dungi, you know, because they're all centered around, uh, you know, or you know, maki. And then I was like, oh my god, why did I never think about this? That all the galis are centered around women and their body parts and. how it's demeaning and there came a moment then i thought ki ab main nahi bolungi but and i and i declared it to everybody around me and then of course you know and moments when i would would get angry or i wanted i was too excited i was like oh people would remind me that hello you were saying something see it's so hard to stick by so there is nothing like you know you cannot not use it but like i would say that yeah pankri what you say about work in progress i am aware of it and i will get better it better at it i mean that would be true of any progressive ideology you know like i can't today declare that i am a feminist and just be like yeah now i'm perfect like it mm. would require it requires daily work it requires acknowledging every day about how patriarchy exists and how i respond to it and how how i resist it like and and that that requires work every day yeah i mean also like i would bring in this another sort of I don't know academic perspective or I don't know what to call it but yeah. uh when we talking about work in progress feminism itself as an ideology has been a work in progress because when it first absolutely began yeah. in different places it was about uh inequality uh, between men and women and now when we have recognized the experiences of more than binary or two genders we acknowledge feminism as much broader than that we look at it as equality mm. between all genders and not simply between cis women and cis men so i think it also keeps improving right. and keeps cha- keeps changing and sort we are sort of trying to keep abreast with stay abreast with it so i don't think it's a it's a, i think it's a very good analogy to say that we are work in progress we're all struggling dealing with it 
you want to very quickly for our listeners who might not know what cisgendered uh, means would you would, do you want to like give a short definition of what that means uh, biology wise uh, people say that there are two genders uh, and it depends on the kind of reproductive organs you have if you have uh, the so called i'm air quoting right now the so called male organs you are male at birth and if you have the so called female reproductive parts which is the vagina you are Uh, called a female and then there is a third category biologically which is intersex where at birth the reproductive parts are not clear like are not well defined within bi- uh, biologically gender is how you express your identity which is related to sex so it's right. different a cis bodied person is who identifies with their biological sex and right. yeah so quite simply it would be that so if you have female reproductive organs and you identify as a woman you would be uh, called as cis body cis yeah. woman right so that's right. what it means so let's wrap up i mean so i mean i kind of know your response to this but like still just to like uh, reemphasize whatever we've been talking about do you think feminism is still relevant and do you think we still need to fight for women oh uh, definitely like yeah <laughs> i mean i think you knew my response even before i said it but not just because i am yeah your phd would be taken away if you'd said no <laughs> like i would revoke it <laughs> but not because uh, i've studied women's studies that i would call myself a feminist it was precisely because i right. called myself a feminist and because i could see the inequalities through my own personal experiences that i went into the field and that i wanted to fight against it and i would just like to end with this example that uh, if you look at legally where um rights to women have already been granted and all that uh there is a law called uh, um on the hindu undivided family or the huf where uh, for the longest time mm. women could not be the kartas of the family or the heads of the family like basically they did not have equal inheritance right as uh, their male counterparts within the family and the law changed in 2006 like as close as that oh so I mean, yeah. things are still happening. The, imagine, like being born in the same family and not having the same inheritance rights as your brother, because simply because you're not a man. So we definitely mm-hmm. need feminism for the simple fact that laws are still changing, that there are still patriarchal laws that exist within our democratic system, which apparently grants every person fun- equal fundamental uh, rights to equality within the fundamental rights system. So I think uh, yeah I would say that we do need do need feminism and quite badly if I would say and we need to keep countering criticisms that it gets we need to um break it down so that people around us understand it better we need to discuss Parvati I'm so actually glad that you could come on board with us because a lot of times in our previous episodes also we have mentioned many things but coming from you and having this discussion you know solidifies our um intent and our orientation toward these you know issues in 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 our society so yeah thanks for coming and being a daredevil doing this on distance and doing in different ways and you know it's wonderful to have you thanks thank you. you thank you for being thank here you. No, it's, it's been a pleasure uh do you want to uh, like if people want to follow your work or just follow you in general do you want to share like your twitter handle or something yeah my twitter handle is at coloredvisions it's c o l o u r e d v i s i o n s you can follow me there i mostly tweet about academic work and academic inequalities 
and of course on my own work as well on feminism what is going on so in news we have up law commission which has released a new draft population bill the abadi bill which says that couples who have more than two children will be barred from government schemes government jobs and contesting local body elections and subsidies mm-hmm. so a lot of uh, penalty for them and the perks of this bill goes to people who have voluntarily sterilized themselves and have less than two children will get all the benefits of government schemes like i said before and yeah that's the bill actually yeah. and on the face of it it looks like a good thing right because population is a problem for india i mean that's not hidden from anybody and the total fertility rate the tfr of up which is 2.8 right now per couple mm. uh, the government wants to bring it down to 2.4 mm. now on the face of it that seems like a good goal for a government but mm. up's tfr is already declining mm. and they want to do this by 2026 and uh, data shows us that it's going to go down to uh, 2.4 uh, irrespective of this bill now there are several drawbacks to a coercive bill like this coercive as in coercive coercive as in forceful like something that is thopoed on people mm. like kuch peet peet ke ya penalize mm. karke kuch kisi se karwana okay so uh, the first that comes to mind is that there is there are there are so many like biases against uh, male sterilization right all the mm. all the myths about like kamzori and impotency mm. and things like that so inevitably more women are going to get sterilized mm. uh, in order to fulfill the requirements of this bill also india as a country prefers sons right so this bill will actually encourage more female feticide and sex selective abortion yeah and as always like when this bill came out like the when the draft of this bill came out media immediately found another hindu muslim issue and started stigmatizing the muslims as always because of the stereotype of muslims mm-hmm. having larger families than the hindus and the data is uh, so stark in in comparison to what the what the media is saying right like 83% of the couples who have more than two children in india are hindus mm. interestingly also is that 50% of up mlas have of bjp have more than two children so yeah. this law is basically is more performative in nature you know it's it's more performance based and i think it has <laughs> come into the category of the performance laws given by the bjp government such as swachh bharat which you know is like just jhadu pakad ke khade ho ke photo khichao basically <laughs> um I just want to say that like we are not saying that population control is not a problem it is a problem that is very uh, pressing and we have to deal with it but there are so many better ways to deal with a problem like this right and that that are not being done like something like easy access to contraceptives mm. uh, like IUDs or condoms or birth control pills mm. or something that nobody wants to address and people get scandalized when they talk about it which is sex education of school children mm. right so that once and for all early pregnancies early unwanted pregnancies can stop right and women can actually take control of their own bodies and decide on their own how many children they want or whether they want children or not yeah this bill is still at its draft stage so you can write to the government still and giving your feedback and telling them what you think of the bill uh, you can write to them on this email state law commission 2018@gmail.com
really though they don't even have their own uh, domain like they're using gmail where is all the tax money going up elections that's our episode folks if you enjoyed listening to us please recommend our podcast to your friends and family you can send us your questions topics to discuss and feedback at zindagi as we know it pod at gmail.com that is zindagi as we know it pod at gmail.com or dm them on instagram at zindagi as we know it pod please subscribe to us on the hub hopper app it will really help us until next time bye, bye.